All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Landon. Y'all might know me as West Tex Harvester on TikTok or West Tex Harvester on YouTube. Also, we got Tyler here in the studio today. He's going to be the co-host of the Cotton Mafia podcast. Tyler, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, just local guy here, Colorado City, West Texas. Grew up farming. I mean, family's been farming all my life. Decided, went to college, did the whole don't want to move back here, get out of get out of West Texas, and about two years of that decided uh, he can't beat farming. So been back ever since. So yeah, you're a you're more of a grower, and I'm more of a business guy. So yeah, I like more of the agronomy, growing side of it, making stuff actually look green than worrying about what the. I like making the green. That's what I'm a little better at. So. Uh, basically on the podcast, we're going to be talking about, uh, new farmer problems, like dealing with FSA insurance, stuff like that. New landlords contracts, just getting started in general. Yeah. That's kind of the hard part in today's world with just farming gets really, really hard because no one's out here to help younger farmers is what I have learned. And, uh, we're also going to have. Once a month, just me and Tyler talking about what's going on on the farm. And the other three weeks, we're planning on having guests from anywhere in the cotton world, whether it be like Calcot or insurance guys or just random people from TikTok that just want to come on. So, I mean, and even, maybe not even just, just cotton, just farming in general. Yeah, a lot of that. Because no matter what, if you go around the world or USA, really, uh, most of the farmers that are beginning are less than 10 years old and younger farmers like me and you are, they're dealing with the same things, whether they're growing cotton, corn, or soybeans. Cotton, corn, soybeans, I mean, milo, flour. I mean, so many different crops out there besides cotton, which seems to be main staple around here. But, yeah. Uh, They, uh, I, uh, I'm also a custom harvester, so I travel from the valley all the way to Kansas. So that's about, 1200 miles separated so i basically or i'm on a cotton stripper about six months out of the year while tyler gets to stay home here and watch irrigation yeah and occasionally go help yeah well not like we ever have employee problems so uh if you're an h2a farmer uh, or thinking about getting h2a i unfortunately am getting quite good at dealing with h2a problems i've had h2a workers for four years now and I go to all the H2A meetings I can, and I learn exactly just how much I don't know and how much I wish somebody would have told me about stuff when I started it. Also, what else we got on the list here? Going to be looking at older, new horses. And farm practices. I mean, yeah. you, everybody's got, I mean, where you farm, you've got the people that are still doing the old conventional style. You've got guys that are incorporating more of a, maybe a minimal no-till type thing. And you got guys that are just straight up full no-till regenerative, just trying, trying new ways to be more profitable without breaking the bank. What do you call the way I farm, Tyler? I'd call you straight up just conventional. Conventional. Like as deep as it'll go. I, uh, Watch out, kids in China. You might get your toes clipped. Yeah. I like to run a moldboard as deep as it'll go. And then probably buried a little more to tear it up and collect the water in the winter and grow a good cotton crop because we don't ever get moisture in the summer yeah well we ain't collecting no water this winter either yeah well it's either it, i don't think it's going to matter this year it'll all be perfectly mobile to ground next year 
So also we've got some insurance guys that are going to come on that are going to explain, explain, uh, stacks and like arc signups and stuff like that. Uh, do we know any bankers or anything like that that might want to come on? Probably. But we've got a few bankers. Yeah. I, I know a few up in Lubbock and stuff that, uh, trying to get a banker to be quiet. That's a, that's a new one. We won't have to worry about them not talking very much. So what else we got? Um, basically if you have any, uh, questions you want to ask us or stuff like that, we've got a Facebook group called Cotton Mafia Podcast. You can go in there, call us out, say we're idiots, whatever you want to tell us. I mean, we don't know everything. But yeah, if you got issues you think you're the only one dealing with, I promise you there's multiple people that probably deal with the same thing on a daily basis. You just don't ever hear about it. Yeah, it's a uh, sometimes like, and also um, one of the things I'm actually an expert in it would be cotton strippers. Uh, if you have questions, I mean, people ask me, call me from Australia, asking about cotton strippers. Unfortunately, I've got way too many hours on them, and I know way too much about them that I'll probably lose sleep over. But uh, we've got Tyler. He knows uh, the fertilizer side of all this a little better than I do. Try to stay up to date on all the fertilizer, new chemicals, I mean, seed. Did a lot of that in college, working all the variety trials with extension, which doesn't always get the best rep, but it's where I learned, I mean, just about all I did about studying different varieties and how they perform from mid to early to full and all the different characteristics and how one seed can't be same as another. Yeah, you know what, like, the different groups of uh, chemicals do and all that, and all I know is they're <laughs> expensive. <laughs> So, um, we've got some seed guys that we know, maybe, maybe some seed salesmen. We've got some seed production guys that, uh, do a little research. We know some Milo guys who are into research over in Puerto Rico. We got Jesus from Wish. If you, if y'all are going to be watching on YouTube and he's over here, you will understand why I'm calling him Jesus from Wish. He, uh, he's got long, luscious hair. So, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Marketing. Um, Big what, topic this year. Yeah. Most people are leaving a certain. Well, just, just leave. I just say leaving the norm that has yeah. been the staple for probably 10, 15 years. It's been the. I think I think they've been doing it for like 30 or 40. And they just haven't them, looked yeah. up from their tractor cabs to fill out. Safety blanket. Yeah. When you lose 30 cents. I mean, it's no big deal. Only 30 cents. That's. I've. Been glad to get some of my trash cotton. I've been lucky to get thirty cents before. Ooh, we're losing thirty cents. Um, let's see. I guess we can go to kind of Tyler. You want to explain what's going on on your farm right now in March? Shoot, there's really truly not a whole lot going on, being that there hadn't been hardly any moisture to speak of since maybe September, maybe October. So I mean, any wheat we planted, I mean, it's still in the ground probably ruined or hasn't even sprouted. I mean, we've just been working around the barn, doing off and on projects, just getting stuff kind of prepped for if if it ever does rain, it's going to be hitting it hard and getting across it pretty quick because we've absolutely not plowed anything, just trying to conserve on diesel and not wearing off points and sweeps to no 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 extent. I mean, crap, it's it's pretty stinking slow right now. 
I understand. My guys are every time I show up to the barn, they scatter and act like they're doing something. I know there's nothing to do. So they I say that this week, I guess we picked up quite a bit getting getting the sprayer back out, getting it ready to rock and roll, getting everything at least set up to if it if we do get a rain or need to do something, it's all ready to rock and roll. Probably gonna fire some irrigation up in the next week. Start attempting to get a moisture profile. I don't know if that's going to be possible with way conditions are right now yeah i'm the same way uh i turned a pivot on we were watering up some cover crop trying to feed a few cows and i think we've made two circles in three weeks every time we turn it on something happens the well goes down freezes just you never know what's going on over there yeah you're saying moving equipment around i tried to turn my spray rig on just to see how many hours it was for an equipment inspection yesterday and uh you got to have some batteries, so I don't know how long they've been dead, but I couldn't even see how many hours are on my spray rig, so you can tell just how much is going on in West Texas right now. It's just hasn't rained since July, basically, or 1st of July. 1st of July, some people got some probably uh, August, and then I guess right around that Roscoe area got a doozy of a rain and hailstorm right there south, and it kind of been the only pocket to get any moisture since since then. Yeah, I've kind of, I kind of had some of my cotton harvested by the white combine, about half my crop, and uh, that hurt the old pocketbook a little bit. Um, we also have, let's see, who are we thinking about coming on? Who have we not mentioned? We've got s- seed guys. Oh, we've got some. I've got a guy who is going to be coming on that he knows all about the equip program a lot and how to make that system work for your farm and planting a cheaper cover crop and actually profiting from planting a cover crop when you're sitting here thinking about, well, you got to have to have a five species cover crop. Well, they don't tell you what you need to have, like what percentage wise, like you could have all triticale and throw in just some radishes and turnips and stuff like one bag. So you still got your, Still got your multiple species. It's still a multiple species. Uh, he's pretty good at that, I think. I think they also use some fancy stuff, too. Um, but, oh, shoot, our, uh, our acoustic tiles are falling on me. Uh, Might need to nix this video. Nah, the video would be great. Y'all can watch on YouTube. Give a reason to go follow us. Uh, we have zero followers on YouTube today because I have not promoted that anywhere. I guess I should put it on my TikTok, probably. <laughs> Did it just follow me again? <laughs> awesome. We'll just pull this one down for now. Uh, so, yeah. Now, um, he's going to be on for the Equip program, and he's going to kind of show us what it goes through fulfilling a contract and how long you have to do and your farming practices. I was kind of talking to him the other day, and he said basically you have to – pledge that you're going to change your farming practices. And I said, well, I'm going to pull my moldboard an inch out of the ground and then I'll plant a cover crop on top of that. And he said, well, I think it might work because you just got to, all you got to do is prove that you're changing. You was like, well, we're burying stuff under the ground. That's got to be carbon, right? I mean, it's not going to work, but we're going to try. So Tyler is also starting to mix his own fertilizer. Yeah, I'm not going to get too much into that yet till oh, there's yeah. a little more yes. experience. But it's definitely going to be a different way of thinking about farming and farming practices and how to approach different uh, styles. Yeah, that, that program's more about root growth it's than more, anything. It's very aimed at root growth with 
without roots, you're not going to get anything up top. So it's it'll be something to watch for this next year or on some fields. From I've been going to some of the stuff that he's been going to, and these guys are all about maximizing your potential for your root growth. and It's maximizing potential with also maximizing profitability, even though you may you may or may not see an increase in yield compared to your high input type farmers, but at the end of the day, that that pocketbook is going to be a little little thicker because you're not quite putting what you used to into it. Yeah, but field field health, I mean soil health, I mean that's really what it's what it's aimed at. It's trying to get that soil back into levels that are sustainable, regardless of drought, minimal rain, maximum rain. You're going to see the same. You're going to see the same benefits regardless of your your growing season that year. Yeah, it's uh. That's a lot of things that some of the older style farmers have just been, they haven't even been fertilizing ground over here in West Texas. Now, I know some of you guys are going to be listening from places where it rains, and you're going to be like, oh, y'all don't fertilize? And it's like, we can't afford to fertilize. I've got some ground we're paying $20 an acre for cash lease. It barely pays the taxes for the landowners. And if I quit farming it, these people would not have anyone to farm the ground. So... We're in a different area. Now, I see more of different areas type of farming, cotton farming and stuff like that. I go all the way from sugar canes right next to cotton all the way to corn and soybeans still growing right next to cotton. So now Tyler, he's a little more narrow-minded on what he sees because he's only irrigating, but he and he's dryland cotton farmer, but he knows a lot more than I'll ever know about growing cotton. Yeah, I like to stay in my nice little comfort zone of West Texas. You don't like driving CS770s down the 130 toll in Austin? I don't like catching them on fire either. Yeah. I'll tell y'all a story one day of how the Texas governor's office called me because they caught me coming through a toll booth at 3 in the morning with a CS770. And let me tell you, they were livid. They were trying to catch me for reckless driving, and the transmission was messed up on it. I was going nine miles an hour, and I was like, I will see you in court because if this sticks, I want this to be on the news that I'm getting a reckless driving ticket for driving nine miles an hour down the road. So I could I could go on for on, on, and on with custom harvest stories. It's, it gets pretty wild on the trail sometimes. Um, Tyler, you didn't catch on fire this year, did you? did not i do not know it was pretty clean running for me for the most part didn't even have to test it out the stripper saver at the beginning of the season and uh that was the last time she got turned on well i can't say that i caught on fire nine times well it wasn't me i caught on fire did i ever catch on fire yeah no i mean like me personally i think yeah there's a couple of nights you were running you caught on fire that 690 caught on fire once or twice yeah, yeah, I think I did. I, I've been on fire a few times, so I know what I'm. T- I got a few ideas. Um, we're gonna talk about fire suppression systems on here. We've got trying to get Stripper Saver to uh, sponsor the podcast, so that'll be pretty nice. Uh, we're not gonna talk about any other companies like Stop and Watch the Fire or any of those other guys. I've I've been around them all. The machines are on fire, and I'm just gonna point you to where you need to go. A little bit biased answer, but been on fire as many times as I have. We'll, uh, I'll point you in the right direction. Into the wind. Yeah, I guess I've had to use it once, and it it did the job. I've got a 770 that uh, 
missing a whole bunch of paint. Seven seventies and weeds don't mix. Seven seventy and low humidity don't mix. No, no, it doesn't. But uh, yeah. So I don't know if John's gonna fit in here in this booth. Do you think he'll fit? Oh yeah. We'll make him fit. We'll get him to fit. And uh, he's gonna have to. I bet he's gonna be a little nervous. But so John, yeah, I know you're gonna call me because you already told me you were gonna listen to this tomorrow. So we're gonna call on you out. There's gonna be people in here wanting to hear from you. What? Why your suppression system for your pickers and your strippers is better than everybody else's. So, also, we're going to talk about... And just talk about equipment in general, just... Yeah. I mean, you've seen anything, although, I mean, I'd never ran it. remember riding them, the old 282s, the old 4440 with the basket on top to, I mean, 283s to 484s to 7450s to... I mean, I'd say you've probably stripped at least on every model of stripper up to a yeah. seven seven. I've actually drove a two eighty three. My dad threw me on one when I was probably, I would say ten or eleven. First fire I ever had. You have not lived until you have caught a two eighty three on fire and dumped it, and you're underneath the fire. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't remember that you I were st- underneath the fire. I still saw one running right out east of Wall this year. Yeah, I, I would. I'd love to go see that. Like, I want to get – actually, my dad's got a 4440 right now and getting repainted. It's my grandpa's old tractor. And uh, we're looking for a 283 right now to get it painted. And we're going to put it in the same field as the 770 and uh, just put them right next to each other and do some filming for YouTube. So that ought to be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. To touch more on that beginning farmer issues – Um. You know all about this, Tyler. Uh, BTOs pushing you around. Um, ways to deal with them. Uh, I'm a little more brutal than Tyler is when I have to deal with it. But there's we're probably going to have an entire podcast about it one day of just what you're going to see if you're trying to be a beginning farmer, beginning cotton farmer, problems like that. And also picking your chemical companies wisely. Not not all chemical companies are the same. Now, there's going to be chemical companies where I'm from that are going to be like, oh, he's calling us out. So, no, I've I'm, I've been around, so there's more than one. There's more than two of y'all. If it puts into perspective, we both use complete opposite companies, so we both get the we get to uh, talk with both sides. Yeah, me and Tyler talk, and we figured out how screwed we are both ways. <laughs> So price checking, price checking everywhere, but seems like right now, whatever I price check, everybody's just about spot on. I don't think there's any, really don't think there's any crazy deals out there from what I've come across. I mean, you're, you're maybe talking 50 cents max on price differencing. But today's prices, does it even matter? No. Oh, we spent an extra $3,000 on a, on I a mean, farm spending seven to $800,000. I mean, everybody's current problem roundup. I mean, everybody's paying what? I mean, it's not double. It's, it's triple, quadruple the price of what it was I two th- years ago. Yeah, I think I know where some is for $42. And uh, my uh, our director over here is looking at me. I think she's shaking her head yes. Well, I know someone that quoted like $63 was their cost. Four pound? Uh, he did not tell me what it is was. Is that actual roundup though? No, I think that was generic. It was with the broker. Oh, well, 
That's the reason I turned all my weeds under this year. If it rains, all my weeds are 18 inches below the ground. I think it goes back to one of those things. You know, everybody talks about Roundup being high prices. I mean, everybody thinks that's still the silver bullet, but it comes down to it. If you focus a little more on those whites, those residuals, I mean, Roundup kind of gets taken out of the picture if you play your cards right, especially in our area this year with little little rain as we're probably going to get. I mean, if you're out there and can get a somewhat of a blanket before any potential rain comes, I mean, you're looking at maybe one Roundup spraying, maybe not even the, the whole operation in general. Just I mean, there's ways to get around this Roundup dilemma. Yeah, but like you said, uh, most people are still just – spraying dicamba and roundup like it's the best thing ever that's um, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna I'll be a what what i have noticed just being around the cotton world is where people only grow cotton and meat their chemical regiments very narrow-minded and where you get into where you see people growing milo corn soybeans they're they're trying different stuff and well, they're trying different stuff but they also got to be pretty particular on what they spray for plant backs and it kind of i mean you're you're encompassing a whole different realm when you start playing with three four five different types of crops but your but your blanket changes too you're you're spraying different you're saying different modes of action different chemistry so these weeds are seeing different different chemicals year in and year out and they're not just saying oh here comes another shot of roundup and dicamba let's let's brace for it it worked for 25 years yeah see where it got us yeah um, let's see here. We also got on the list, um, uh, farm management, what we were wanting to talk about, um, where that's going to come into more of my side, I'm guessing on the business side of trying to keep things organized and stuff. When you're, you start doing it when you're younger, it will follow you through your farming career. Now, I've been farming for nine years, so I don't know everything at all. But I'm getting to the point where I feel pretty comfortable when I hear paperwork coming up. I'm not worried about it. I know where it's at. I can open my files. Now, when I started, nobody told me anything about what to do, like put a file with all your contracts in there. Now, you think that sounds like something you would just know to do, but nobody taught me that. So we're going to have a episode probably once a month or once a month where we just kind of talk about certain problems and we're going to try to have one podcast we talk about like chemical problems and we're going to have seed variety problems which we could really irrigation uh, problems never ending yeah well unfortunately uh i know how to wire things too and People ask you to go fix things. I'm going to stop telling people I know how to do stuff. So, but yeah, we got irrigation problems, mar- marketing problems, seed variety problems, stuff like that. Um, we're just going to kind of ramble on about it, kind of like we are right now, but we're going to be having more specific conversations uh, every once a month. And then the other three weeks, we're going to bring on more and more guests and probably try to do a TikTok personality or a YouTube personality and then two experts. So just try to get a variety. I mean, just get a whole realm of stuff. I mean, I know we all got our big seed meetings we enjoy going to, getting that uh that free shrimp dinner, that free steak and 
listen to everybody talk about seed varieties and this and that, and which ones did the best, which ones do that, which year in, year out. I mean, there's a couple of varieties that everybody knows or, I mean, they've been pretty well tested over the last few years, but it just seems like there's so many options each year with new varieties that most farmers, in my opinion, they just, it's just another number that, I mean, they don't really know about. It's just the, the next new thing and maybe bringing in some guys that are exactly in that industry and can maybe really give us a good breakdown of what these varieties are, how they're performing, and not just a broad overview and a quick meal and maybe get a little more details that will help some of these guys decide, well, maybe that seed's not the right fit for my operation, even though it's been advertised like yeah. left and right. When you see an irrigated variety made four and a half bells, which they don't tell you that was planted two and one, picked, and turnout was 40%, when you're going to be running a stripper every row, light water and you're like why did it only make two bells which they don't always tell you that it was two and one and it was picked instead of stripped when you're when we're in a completely stripper area i mean nearest picker 70 miles from us right so there's things like that to look for um tyler is way better at asking questions to seed salesmen and putting them on the spot and uh it's kind of his pastime of asking people difficult questions that they don't really want to answer. So, yeah. And some other stuff we might talk about, which you guys may comment or leave stuff, is, you know, the good old snake oil that gets brought by the farm once a year and then you never hear from that salesman again or just these little pop-up companies that they may have a product that's good, they just can't get it out there, at least in our area, for people to try. So, I mean, if y'all have got something that you've tried that you think is out there for sure drop it and maybe we can do a little research or talk about it and i mean seems to there seems to be something for every scenario out there yeah if you're a snake oil salesman you're you're very welcome to go on facebook message us on instagram anything like that we'll try your snake oil and we'll tell you how good or bad it is i mean this year might not work but (laughs) we're always trying some kind of new snake oil over here just to see if it'll work. I'm pretty bad about just throwing it in the tank and spraying the whole field so you really don't have a test plot and be like, oh, right. well, this well, it worked. It, it, yeah, I made good cotton. Yeah. It's going to make five bells, everybody. It's always going to make five bells when you put this stuff out. I've I've actually heard a guy tell me that before, and I was just like, bro, I've, I've never even heard of people making five bells around here. So, yeah. Um, We're going to probably – Cut this one a little short. I don't know where it. How long? How, how long are we at right now? Twenty-seven minutes. Oh, okay. So it's gonna be a perfect thirty-minute podcast of us just rambling. We didn't actually even get anything specific on here. Um, you can catch us on YouTube. We're actually filming this right now, and we're gonna have it uploaded about the same time as the podcast drops. And then we're gonna try to have the podcast drop midnight on Mondays. So if you're Wanting to uh, find us, you can find us everywhere podcasts are going to be, wherever you listen to it. I'm more of a Spotify guy, but Spotify doesn't up- let us upload video unless we have a certain amount of views, so it's kind of frustrating. But um, other than that, join our Facebook group. You think of anything else, Tyler? That's about all I got. Okay. Um, yeah, if you can message us, you can message me on Instagram directly if you want to. Under West Tex Harvester. Tyler, do you have an Instagram? Yeah, but I don't do much with it. Yeah, I think you're like pretty, pretty slow on that social media. Yeah, 
I've got almost 120,000 on TikTok and almost 1,000 on YouTube. And uh, Tyler, he's the complete opposite of me on the social media stuff. This is about the most social media stuff he's ever done. Yeah. So with that, guys, we're going to get out of here. And uh, hopefully next time we've got an intro and a video intro and all that good stuff. So working on that this week. and Find we'll a little better adhesive to keep our uh, acoustic yeah. ads uh stuck yeah they're they're coming off but luckily we put it up because i think it sounds pretty good all right guys well we'll talk to y'all next week